For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. All right, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades, my taste buds. This is your hungry homie, Joe House, here on the Ringer Food Channel. Very pleased to welcome you to the house of carbs. Munch Madness! Oh yes, my food friends! We had such a wonderful time during the NFL playoffs exploring and eating the iconic dishes from the NFL cities. We had to run it back, so we took a look this March at the college basketball teams competing on the men's side and the women's side, and we thought to ourselves, wouldn't it be good for our bellies if we examined the eating experience in some of the great college towns here in these United States of America. So we gathered up eight of our favorite Ringer friends, our our Ringer family members, to talk about their eating experiences in their college towns. And we're putting them in a bracket and we're trying to come up with, my taste buds, a succulent Cinderella story, the most underrated college food town in America. And here's how it's going to work, my culinary comrades. We have eight college towns pulled together. We have eight spokespersons coming on. Each episode is going to be two folks coming on to make their case in a head-to-head belly matchup. We are working towards a final four Yeah, that's how we get down here at House of Carbs. One of course, Hungry Homies joining me on this collegiate culinary tour, the high priests of the perfect palate, my beloved producer, Craig Horlbeck. He's going to be doing some scattering reports for each of our destinations to walk through with our guests and see if we're capturing the true flavor of these towns. Let's get going. 
All right, my taste buds, House of Carbs, Munch Madness is rolling along. As you know, we're looking for unexpected, underrated college food towns to see if we can come up with a succulent Cinderella story. We are visiting today Gainesville, Florida, and our guest from the University of Florida. She had an amazing athletic career <laughs> as a volleyball star, finished off as an honorable mention All-American, went on to play professional volleyball. You might know her from this moment as the co-host of the Bachelor Party podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. She has a couple of NBA connections as well. <laughs> Callie Curry, welcome to House of Carbs. Hello, I am so excited to be here talking about two of my favorite things in the world, food number one and the University of Florida, Go Gators number two. Hey now. So Callie, I have to tell you, it feels like you might be a, a, a belly buddy. You, you might be a hungry homie. And I, I'm, 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 I've been on your gram. I've been looking. There are, you know, one out of every four pictures is, is some food? pretty, pretty beautiful food. Yes, ma'am. Now, you know, capturing your, 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 tri your, your travels and an extensive uh, uh, exploration of, of all that's out there. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, why you are capturing the food on the gram. Food, honestly, outside of my children, and my husband, I guess, is my favorite thing <laughs> in the world. I love food. My whole family is like really into food. And I just recently, I feel like after the second baby have realized like, oh, I probably can't eat anything that I want all the time, which I've done for most of my life. Being like over six foot really helps you, you know, lengthen wherever the food goes. Um, but now I'm over 30 and have two kids. So I am watching it a little bit. But I'm the type of person that like Yelps places, looks at the pictures to see yeah. like what looks good, look at looks at the reviews, and then goes to the restaurant and orders. My youngest brother is known for being the best at that. So like nine times out of ten, if I go to a restaurant with him, I just get whatever he orders. Oh, it's it's in very uh, important to have that built-in resource. It's always yeah. you know helpful. <laughs> Somebody's doing that research for you. So we want to talk about Gainesville. When is the last time that you were there, that you ate in town? How often are you able to visit? Um, last I went was right before the pandemic, which I was thinking about this and I wanted to say it was last year, but it wasn't. It was like three years ago. I went to a football game. I believe they played Auburn and we killed them. Um, I don't know if you have talked to anybody that went to football schools, but like Going to a home football game, especially in the SEC, I know people think it's cool in other places, but it's not compared to the <laughs> SEC. <laughs> um, it is just so much fun. Uh, I did eat there. I will say that I was like borderline blacked out when I was there. So the, everything tasted great to me, but I don't know if it was actually great. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have the uh, our... our uh, head palate producer, Craig Harlbeck, uh, here. He's my, uh, uh, culinary consigliere and we've done a scattering report. Now I know, you know what a scattering report is, but we, yes. we wanted to take a look at what Gainesville seems to be offering at the moment, run some of these places by you and get your feedback based on your own experience. Great. Okay. So I'm going to run through like 
five, 10 restaurants that I've done my research on that seem to be great spots in Gainesville, dependable, affordable spots, expensive spots. And you let me know after I'm done, which ones mean something to you. I hope I've been to a lot of these places. Well, and you, you'll check me. Maybe I missed the best one. I want you to tell me. Okay, let's go. All right. So we got, I'm just going to run through them all. We have apparently Relish, a burger spot. We have The Swamp, which is like the place to watch games across the stadium. Satchel's Pizza, Italian Gator, Civilization, Mark's Prime, Burrito Brothers, Peach Valley Cafe, Sonny's Barbecue, Leonardo's 706. Uh, I think I've been to six or seven out of the ones that you've named. You what were the missed, highlights? Oh, you missed what I miss? two of my favorite restaurants. Um, Yamato, which is essentially like Benihana, but Gainesville mm. version. And I can't even, like the amount of times I went to this restaurant is unhealthy. So good. So if you like Benny, if you like hibachi, you'll love this place. It's so good. The white sauce is better than Benihana. Um, I think I like it better than Benihana, truthfully. Um, but I'm a big hibachi person. So yeah, so Yamato is number one. And then Ombers, E-M-B-E-R-S. It is, uh, it's like a steakhouse, but it was like the fancy restaurant you took your parents to. Mm. Um, but out of the other ones that you named, the Swamp... I think every person that went to the University of Florida has been to the swamp at some point in time. I read online like a year ago that it closed down. So I hope that's not true because it's like, I think every college, big college town has that restaurant that like everyone goes to a um, lot of nostalgia. That Says is, it's temporarily closed. So hopefully it's coming oh, back. Okay. Hopefully it comes back then. Um, yeah. It is the place to be. When I'm telling you, you cannot walk like it is like definitely violation code, like fire codes in there. It is so packed. Going there on a game day is so much fun. Um, I actually went to two of the restaurants you said last time I was there. I went to the Swamp and Relish, <laughs> which is across the street, which I, I, is that a chain? I don't know if it's a chain or not. I haven't seen it anywhere else, but the best, best like fast food burgers for sure. Mm. I yeah. don't think it is a chain uh, based on what I'm looking at. I can look into that though. I want to ask you about sort of the eating out experience while you you were in school from 2007 to 2010. Yeah. So Tebow era, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, it was literally like the my my uh, freshman summer was like right after basketball won their second championship, and then when I was there and football, sorry, they both won in 2006, and then when I was there, we won another football. Um, but yeah. Tebow, Percy Harvin, and then on the basketball side, Chandler Parsons, Nick Calathis, yeah. Billy Donovan, uh, Brad Beal, yeah, yeah. yeah. Billy good. Donovan, Urban Meyer, which I mean, right. Yeah. So, so for that era, <laughs> and and as an athlete, you had access to like the school food, the dorm food, whatever they yes. would put out for athletes. How much um, would you say if you had to allocate, you know, how much you ate of sort of that school provided food versus going out and eating? What was that ratio like? Um, that is a great question. So athletes have their own cafeteria called training table. So you get kind of everything that's in the cafeteria, except for it's healthier. Um, at this stage in my life, I was not healthy at all. <laughs> um, the volleyball team had like pretty strict, like, diets. I don't know if diets is the right word, but we had to like follow a diet. And I remember being on the road one time and I cried because I just wanted chicken fingers. So like, that's like where my like taste levels were at. 
But that being said, trading table was not bad at all. I probably ate. We had to be there every night for an hour. Like we didn't have a choice whether we ate or not. We had to go because uh, you had to you have to like check your card in so they know you attended because mm. um, they want you to eat the healthy food, right? I probably would say like sixty to seventy percent of my dinners were there. Okay, every, and then well, every and, other meal was out. So right, so every other meal was out, but you had these guidelines that you were supposed to operate in inside of was the was the were those guidelines like 24 7 or were there cheat days like how did that work i mean you were supposed to follow them 24 7 if i'm being honest i probably followed them 10 percent of the time like <laughs> i on road trips when like all i had was healthy food i would stuff my like bag with like cheeto puffs wheat thins like doritos honey buns I'm so happy I grew out of that. But that was me at at, at 18. <laughs> Which is, you know, totally understandable. Um, for that time, you know, Craig rattled off a handful of places. Were were any of the places that Craig mentioned your your go-to um spots? Um, yes. And still on the unhealthy train, relish was like a spot I went to once or twice a week. Uh there was a few others, and like Pita Pit is right next to Relish. Hmm. You would see people there all the time. Bento was like a, uh, I don't know if it's like fast. It's not really fast food. It's kind of like a Chipotle of Asian cuisine. And I went there all the time and would get bento boxes. And then Reggae Shack is- Oh yeah, I saw that in my research. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a hole in the wall Jamaican spot. It is so good. If you like Caribbean food, which I do, it's probably my favorite food. I had my bachelorette in Jamaica for this reason. Reggae Shack was another one that I hit up often. And for your parents, was it just Ombers? I'm trying to think if I took them anywhere else. Ombers, Gators Dockside, which is just like a wings place you watch mm. games at. I definitely took them there before. Um, maybe like Bonefish Grill. Sure. That's that's in a plaza that's not far. It's actually in the same plaza as Zaxby's, which is another one that I hit up a lot. Mm. I'm sure you've that- heard of Zaxby's. I feel like Zaxby's is something that everybody loves, right? I had to go south to try Zaxby's. Have you had Zaxby's, Craig? No, I've heard of it. I don't oh, think, yeah, I don't think they're out to. here. I think it's like a southern. It, it was born, I think, in in Louisiana, if I'm remembering this um, correctly. Um, but it's I, it is it's it's spread out. Um, it definitely is is available throughout the South. I feel I feel like they might be moving to the West Coast. I thought I saw some food news recently. Speaking of. <laughs> Uh, Ringer podcast that suggested his <laughs> Axby's was on its way. Maybe that was raising Canes, though. Oh, you're right. You might be right. Canes is in California for sure. Canes I is wonder, in California now. Yeah. I don't think Zaxby's is yet. Yeah. I'm choosing Zaxby's over Canes. Boom. There you yeah. go. I, I've had both. Um, in fact, the last time I was in Augusta, Georgia for the Masters, I was with the pod father, Bill Simmons, and we ordered. A, an ungodly amount of Zaxby's so that yeah. both of us could really like try. We wanted to sample the field that we really yeah. went after it. Now with the, the Zaxby's, those aren't like chicken fingers. It's not, they call them that, but they're bigger than, than just fingers. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know what they're called, but like tenders, chicken tenders. I'm, I mean, I, like, whatever yeah, the yeah, name they're is. They're like tenders. They're like long. They're yeah. so good. Yes. Long and crispy, and there's a bunch of sauces that you can try. I I think it's crucial for the Zaxby's ex- experience to have it right, like as it comes out, right? Yeah, right there. it's not like, really like a. I feel like that with a lot of fried food, mm-hmm. it can't be in the box too long, or else it's not crispy anymore. 
I, that, that's exactly right. Now, one of the things I'm interested in, in terms of your experience at Gainesville and your recollection, the times you visited, um, it strikes us from the research. I've never been down there. I don't, Craig, have you been down there? Nope. No, neither one of us. Oh my gosh. Um, Gotta get you like, guys down. <laughs> but it kind of a, like an expansive palette, right? Just in the course of this conversation, we've talked about um, Asian food, uh, Caribbean food, um, some, uh, um, what, what else am I missing here? Fried food. <laughs> but Peach Valley it, is a great breakfast spot. I was going to say there's also like, I don't know if Louisiana, it's like Louisiana style food, like Cajun. Like Cajun, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but there's a restaurant where you can try Gator, which is like another thing that's, you can try at a bunch of places in Florida. Is that frowned upon at the University of Florida to eat Gator? (laughs) It's not actually. And it's actually good. (laughs) If you haven't tried it, it tastes like chicken. So maybe it's that tradition of like, if you eat the thing, then you do, you gain its power. <laughs> you acquire its, its strength. It's, it's, uh, you know, the, the armor of the gator. Like if, you know, you, you physically take it on. That might be the case. I saw a lot of wins <laughs> when I was in college across a lot of sports. Um, we mentioned a little bit of kind of the South and you mentioned the, the gator element. Is that the predominant kind of like, um, food overlay or are there other kind of influences in terms of of the way that that um the options played out down there i would say that southern style food in general dominates and i would mm-hmm. say that for most places in schools in the south because i play volleyball we went to every single campus in the sec except for uh vanderbilt they don't have a volleyball team or they didn't when i was in school i think they have one now um and i feel like most most SEC campuses that we went to, it was like hard to find super healthy restaurants. Yeah. I'm sure that's changed 10 years later. Or I hope it's changed 10 years later. I'm glad that wasn't the case when I was in school, but um, now I'd be happy to go to a healthy restaurant. Um, but yeah, I think that's what dominates the South, unfortunately. Was there another town? Obviously, Gainesville's number one. But yeah. as you went around the SEC and visited these other schools, these other towns, was there mm-hmm. one place where you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go there because I want to eat at this place and eat this food? Yes. Um, okay. This is more than just food. But LSU, mm. easily the craziest tailgate scene. And I feel like there, if I was an LSU fan, pregames there would probably be insanely fun. Um but they also have uh, beignets. Mm. I'm a big sweets person. I have a huge sweet tooth. So I looked forward to somehow sneaking that on our road trip whenever we would go there. Um, was there a place that you would go to off campus at the University of oh. Florida for your sweets? Is there like your go-to Ooh. sweet spot? <laughs> well, I unfortunately lived in a building that was connected to Krispy Kreme. So (laughs) some say unfortunate, some might also say what an incredible stroke of luck. Yeah. If ever that sign was read and I was like on the way home, I, I ate, I don't, I don't even want to know it too many Krispy Kreme donuts. And I still think that they're probably a little underrated, but if, if the hot sign is on, pick you up some Krispy Kremes. If the hot sign is on, you're going in. I mean, you're, you're an athlete. You're 24 seven. It's fuel. You had to keep, keep it. Keep it going. And you can smell it. So like you can't smell it and not, you know, no, go come get on. some. Um, 
So we're asking all of our guests this the same question. For somebody uh, like Craig or me, if we were coming down to Gainesville and we wanted your sort of best recommendation of, of where to eat, where would you send us? And it doesn't have to be just one place. It could be more than one place. Yeah, I think that if you were coming down to Gainesville and you wanted like a good, fun experience, you have to go to the swamp. Mm. It's just like the biggest staple in Gainesville. Uh, and it's right across from the stadium. It's always packed. Great music. So much fun. Also, there's a lot of bars that you can walk to in walking distance from the swamp. So a lot of people like go to the swamp, hang out, watch the game, eat, and then they walk to one of the five bars in walking distance, which is much safer than driving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely recommend you to go there for fun. For good food, um, Mark's Prime, Ombers and Harry's, which is like a Cajun seafood restaurant that's downtown, are Ooh. the three that I would recommend food-wise. And is there any dish that you encountered um, during your, your time there, or maybe even uh, after your, your time as a student, <laughs> that you would say, this is kind of a signature dish of either you, the University of Florida or, or Gainesville? I mean, we talked about gators. Is that like the, the signature dish? I think that's the unique dish. Like, I think that's yeah. the one thing that you can get in Gainesville that's probably hard to get outside of the South in general. But Gainesville, obviously, I think it's more available because of the school. And is there one place that prepared it in a way that you would say, this is the definitive gator that you have to get prepared this way? So the best gator that I've had prepared, if you just want like fried, like simple gator, go to Gator's Dockside. But good gator tail is Ballyhoo Restaurant. Oh, gator tail. Now, talk about that. Is it a big portion? No. Like, how do you get it? <laughs> it doesn't come out like on a platter like a fish. Oh. <laughs> it, it comes in like nervous. little nuggets, kind of. Oh, I can I do gator nuggets. I think, I think that's think, what we have to try, House. I think it's yeah. gator nuggets. I think if it was served to you and no one told you, you'd probably try and say, this is weird tasting chicken, but you wouldn't know it's not chicken. Well, what is the nutritional value of gator? Is it like, <laughs> what's is the it protein content? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm interested now. I'm very I curious. I would have to imagine it's very small amount of nutritional value. I would assume it's kind of like calamari. Does calamari have good nutritional value? Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. lean, low protein, a little yeah. chewy. Yeah. But little you, chewy. As soon as yeah. you get it fried or get any of the good stuff on it, that that just it wipes tastes it out. Tastes amazing. Yeah. Which is exactly. Oh, yeah. Tastes, Why, tastes amazing. <laughs> no nutritional value. Wipes out <laughs> any nutritional value. Correct. But tastes great. <laughs> well, let me let me see if I I have it right. So um, it seems like based on the, the 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 Cali curry approach, the first thing you would do is go to Yamato. Perhaps would that be the first spot you'd hit? For me, yes. Yes, that's right. So, so for all the hungry homies, you're going to Gainesville. You want to get, you know, this this authentic hibachi experience. The food cooked right in front of you. If the, the the chef puts it on, you're eating. Bang, bang, bang! It's all happening. Yamato's the spot. And then for the authentic Gainesville experience, the thing that we're saying might set Gainesville apart. You can get Gator two different places: Gator Dockside or how do you say it? Bah. Ballyhoo, 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 Ballyhoo. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to try and get it right with the my fake Southern accent. Um, what I are we would missing? Say the only other thing you're missing, which I don't know how you guys feel about this, food is obviously like one A, 
But one B of enjoying like a good meal are like good vibes. I need good mm. vibes, mm. positive people, good music. Uh, you know, even if there's like some people watching and Gatesville, one B, their vibes are A plus. A plus people vibes in Gainesville, Florida. 100%. Great people watching, great vibes, great music. Usually we're winning at something, so people are happy <laughs> about it. It's a great place to be an athlete. I truly don't think I could have had more, or I don't think I could have had less fun than I had in school. Um, or I mean, I couldn't have more fun than I had in school. Like, I wouldn't be alive if I did. It, in every way, <laughs> food, people, vibes, it's the best university in the United States. All right. Well, you, you did have a Krispy Kreme. You, you did have a Krispy Kreme attached to the building that you lived in. So it's, that's going to be tough to top. Callie Curry, we're so happy. Thank you so much for coming on House of Carbs. Munch Madness. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hungry homies, we are here on House of Carbs, doing Munch Madness. We're trying to find a succulent Cinderella story. We are going across this great nation of ours, visiting college towns, most of which, from our perspective, underrepresented, underrated, unexpected food experiences. We are visiting the great state of Indiana, my taste buds. We have Joining us as a guest, an Indiana native daughter is the way I think I can say it. She is the co-host of the Tea Time podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, also co-host of Everything is Cake, which is kind of a theme I think we're going to hit during our conversation <laughs> today. Also on the Ringer Podcast Network, Kate Hallowell, welcome to House of Carbs. Guys, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, We... Tapped you on the shoulder to come talk to us about Bloomington, Indiana. And we're interested in hearing from you. Now, we know that you're from Indiana. Have you been able to spend much time in Bloomington since you graduated the University of Indiana? When's the last time you visited? How often do you get there? And where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Bloomington or no? It's a great question, Craig. So I uh, grew up actually in enemy territory. I grew up in Lafayette, Indiana. Mm. Uh, near Purdue University. Uh, I'll expand on that later if you would like. But uh, I and my siblings betrayed my parents, who are both Boilermakers, and we all went to Indiana University, wow. uh, which is about two hours away from my childhood home in Bloomington. Um, and yeah, I have not been back much since I graduated. I have to say I'm not really the type to be like, oh, the college days, like got to get back to B-Town. Um, I went, I think the last time I spent a year in Indiana, uh, the first year of quarantine, I went mm. and just hung out with my parents for a year as you do. Um, and just a quick year, a quick year <laughs> flew by and, uh, we one fall, I think fall of 2020, uh, my mom and I went to IU to like go to a state park and look at the leaves and we, we ate on campus then. 
but that was it. I think that's literally the only time I've been back. So we're trying to kind of establish a baseline for each of our guests experience sort of eating around campus, eating in the town. And the starting point is the food scene at the school, like the dorm cafeteria or the central cafeteria kind of space. What was that like, you know, the the, the food provided by the school experience like? The, the meal plan life. Yeah, the, uh, the MP life, right. I have to tell you, I was so spoiled. So I was placed in a brand new dorm my freshman year uh, called Forest. It was all the way on one corner of campus. And it it was like the kind of food court that they put on the website to tempt people to come. Oh, so it was like mini restaurants inside the food court. Mm. And but you used your meal points for all of them. So uh, it was like full restaurant style breakfast every morning. They would make your own omelets, pancake waffle bar. I hit up the biscuits and gravy. They were a personal favorite throughout freshman year. Um, for dinner, they did like, uh, there was a custom pasta bar where you could pick your pasta and your sauce and your ingredients and they'd make it for you. They had that with ramen. They had it with sushi. Uh, they had burrito and taco bars. Wow. They had like a grill, like a grill <laughs> not, with burgers and now I'm sandwiches. Worried. Like, why would you ever leave campus? Right. <laughs> and it, the thing actually, this pissed me off was like, I lived in the storm, right? Like this was my food court, but people would come from all over campus to eat there. So it was always so crowded and I'd be so pissed getting home from cl- like a full day of classes. Be like, damn, just want some custom ramen. <laughs> <laughs> and the line would be like 50 people long. And uh, yeah, so I it, it was annoying, actually, as someone who actually lived there. It was great. And it gave me no concept of what to expect from life. <laughs> I was like, this is what all food courts are like. <laughs> this is um, whatever you yeah, like feeding myself in real life. Right. All Plus, it's like, is- it's like meal points. So it's not real money. It was like monopoly money. I was like, this isn't real. Um, so yeah, it was responsible for like well upwards of my freshman 15. I will tell you that. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I needed it to be about 50% less crowded at all times my freshman year. So as your experience at school, when were you there? When were you at University of Indiana? Uh, 2013 through 2017. Oh, okay. So fairly recent vintage. We're getting a good snapshot here. (laughs) Yes. Um, for, for, as you went on freshman, sophomore, junior, um, did you stay on campus? Did you move off campus? Like, how did that all go down? Yeah, so I got a single in another dorm my sophomore year because I'd never lived alone. I shared a room with my sister going up, shared a room with my roommate freshman year. I was like, I want my own room for literally the first time in my entire life. Um, so I had a single. It was like a basic food court that time. It was like the microwave hamburgers and the donuts and mm. the, you know, nothing special that year. Um, and then junior year, I was in an apartment. And then senior year, I was off campus in a house. Okay. So. Well, you know, uh, we have uh, the the producer of the palette, uh, my culinary consigliere, Craig Hallbeck here. We we are doing uh, a little bit of a scouting report. He went ahead and did a little research on what Bloomington seems to offer, and he's going to run through it and get your feedback on some of these things. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm ready. All right. I'm going to run through like seven or eight places, and at the end, you tell me which ones are, are the, the go-to spots, which ones you've never heard of, wh- okay, what I great. missed. Okay. So, uh, fresh cookies from baked. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Fourth, um, <laughs> you go to fourth street for international cuisines. You go to Anatolia. There is Bob's, uh, Bub's burgers and ice cream feast. 
Uptown Cafe, which is fancy. There's the Big Cheese, Hatzel's Ice Cream, Kilroy's on Kirkwood, which is these bars, and you get these uh, KOK shirts that I guess are popular. Mother Bear's Pizza and Nick's English Hut for a Sink the Biz, whatever that means. Yeah. What? (laughs) Okay, so here's my blind spot on this podcast. First of all, I've eaten all those things except for Bub's Burgers, which was not really a thing when I was there, um, but I guess is now. I have to tell you that my blind spot is like, I was not much of a drinker in school. Oh. And the bars were just like, I went to them occasionally senior year after I turned 21. <laughs> uh, but I'm kind of a rule follower and I was not big into the bar scene. So I actually genuinely don't know what Sink the Biz is. I should know, but I don't. I think it, I meant when Indiana won, the, the, everybody would play a game called Sink the Biz. And I don't know what that game it's is. It's something but. with like, you're dropping stuff into drinks, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> You, you you should take comfort. This podcast is about the food scene. We're not talking right. about the drinking scene or exactly. the you know the the getting bomb scene. I That's another it. podcast for another time, and maybe <laughs> we'll do that eventually. But really, we're just interested in helping right. all the hungry homies out there, seeing if we can't come up with the succulent Cinderella story here. Um, so uh, Craig just went through a bunch. Is there mm-hmm. a, is there a standout? Is there a highlight? L- l- walk us through a little bit of your experience. Um, I would say the big highlight that was my favorite part was all of the international restaurants uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned. It's like 3rd and 4th Street, and it's this street where it looks like houses from a distance, but all of the houses are actually restaurants. And um, I mean, you don't associate like Bloomington, Indiana necessarily, if you don't know it, with international culture and cuisine, but it but actually My is, research says it's a mecca it's for great amazing. restaurants with it an incredible yeah, international market. <laughs> it is. Uh, and so some highlights were definitely uh, my parents typically, we did like, we usually ate there. Um, Mai Thai is a big one. It's a really good Thai place. Taste of India. Um, had some of the best butter chicken I've ever had, mm. which I've eaten. I love Indian food. I've eaten it in cities all over the world. Have never had better butter chicken than on Third Street in Bloomington. Wow. Um, also, there's a. I mean, there's Cajun restaurants, Chinese restaurants. There's also a Tibetan restaurant, and there's the Dalai Lama's older brother used to like live in Bloomington for a really long time, <laughs> and he founded like a Tibetan monastery there. And so there's like this very strange, not strange, but unexpected, uh, like strong Tibetan culture in Bloomington, and um, part of that, the founder of this restaurant was like a Tibetan monk who learned to cook in Tibet. Um, and so that's a really popular restaurant as well. And it's really good. They have really good dumplings. I'm so fascinated by this. So, um, distinguish for us the differences between Tibetan food and Indian food. So in your experience, I mean, I'm not, you're not putting you on yeah. the spot as the spokesperson for this. Uh, I mean, a lot of like skewers I've mm-hmm. noticed. <laughs> I remember at the Tibetan <laughs> restaurant. Um, honestly, it was not super popular with my grandparents one time when we went there. So we <laughs> didn't take them back a ton. Um, but I really <laughs> liked it. And the, I think the big thing are like, they're called momos. They're like a specific kind of Tibetan dumpling hmm. um, that are really big there. But yeah, that was a big one. And then Taste of India has like a buffet that was really big um, that we used to go to a lot. So yeah, it's just like this. You get like two blocks of just these like very colorful houses that all have it smells great. You're just walking down. You're like just following your nose to whichever house smells right that day, um, and it's right next to campus as well. It was right next to where all of my uh, classes were senior year because the media school was right on that street. So I could just like dip out of class and be like, I feel like some Cajun food today. Just it's great. It's pretty amazing. I wonder what the origin story. Do you know anything about how that came to be? Like why they're they're the various restaurateurs 
sort of banded together, like let's good, let's just create this space where um, you know, kids and their families can can come and, you know, sample a whole variety of different kinds of things. It's it takes some kind of galvanizing force, it seems. You'd think, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, it's a you know, all college towns to ex- an extent are more international yes. than like other places in in the the state, certainly in Indiana, that is true. Um, and you know, I, I also think it's definitely expanded throughout the years. Like they would add sort of new restaurants and it would like grow slowly down the street. So I'm sure just like you know, word of mouth. It's also a very specific kind of restaurant where like it wasn't the super pricey places, you know, where it was like four course, et cetera, et cetera. But it also wasn't, um, you know, like grab and go Chinese food. It was kind of a very specific sort of like sit down, but like accessible um, kind of restaurant that was always there. So yeah, I really don't know the origins, but it was definitely the highlight, I would say, of my Bloomington food experience. I wonder if it just has to do with the size of Indiana and it's like a, it's like a renowned public research University yeah. just brought a lot of people in from around the world. Yeah, maybe. And and wanting to cater to to tastes where people got homesick, perhaps that that mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, you've touched on this a couple times. You've mentioned places that you were comfortable taking your parents. Were there other places that were like the the this is where you go with your parents, or definitely I'm on my parents' um, credit card for this meal, so let's go to this place. <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple. That was a big one. But my mom is a more adventurous eater than my dad. So sometimes it depended which parent uh, or whether both of them were coming. Um, But yeah, Mai Tai and uh, Taste of India were kind of our go-tos because those are, you know, everyone can get Pad Thai no matter how picky (laughs) you are, you know. Um, But yeah, sometimes we also went to, there was a breakfast place called the Runcible Spoon. That was Mm. also kind of a grandparent's uh, spot. Um, and it's sort of like, I mean, it's a really nice, like sort of indie brunch place, great French toast, et cetera. It also has this very strange bathroom. Uh, it, it's in a house. So it has like sort of this house bathroom, but there are like fish in the bathtub and it's like weirdly renovated. It's like the, everyone always talks about the Runcible Spoon. You have to go to the bathroom when you're there to see. Why are the there fish in a bathtub? It's like weirdly decorated. There are like, like garden oh, statues it in is the bathtub. A, it's a, the functional equivalent of a fishbowl. Yes, it is. It's a perhaps more humane <laughs> fishbowl. Yeah, so that was a big thing. Um, Runcible Spoon was definitely like a, I don't want to spend my money on this, but mom and dad are in town. So uh, we'll go there. We'll go yeah. see the fish in the tub. We will. We'll visit um, them. One of the things that we have done on House of Carbs, um, you know, it was, it was this year sort of gone along. We did this whole NFL city bracket. We tried to figure out the best sort of food. And one of the things, Indianapolis for a while, we thought was going to be in, in the mix for this until they they <laughs> shit the bed down the stretch and the Colts missed out. Um, we were kind of hunting for what was like the iconic food item from Indianapolis. And it seemed like this fried pork tenderloin kind of concept was not necessarily just belonging to Indianapolis, but a, across the state of Indiana. Um, is it, were we on the right, um, the right note with that? You know, that's what everyone always says, but like, I can count on one hand, the number of times I've eaten that as an Indiana. It's exactly why I'm asking. Right. Like it just, it isn't really served at restaurants, like maybe the state fair. Um, Mm. but I, yeah, you know, everyone always says that like, that's the Indiana food. And like, I've certainly had it, but um, my when I saw this prompt, I also had a hard time thinking of something because I was like, "What is something that represents sort of the Midwest, Indiana? That's not like corn, you know, like something that you want to eat." <laughs> and I actually thought of fellow tea time co-host Liz Kelly, who uh, 
generally has not experienced some of the foods that I've experienced <laughs> growing up in the Midwest. Uh, and I was trying to think of something that if I took Liz to Bloomington, like what would be something she had not had before as an LA native mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe to, you know, the average Indiana person wouldn't be like, oh, this is Indiana. But, and I, I decided on fried cheese curds. Oh, <laughs> um, amazing. Mostly because Liz always makes, Liz and Jeff always make funny when I bring up Culver's. They've never been to Culver's and love Culver's. Same. But like, there's obviously a difference between like Culver's cheese curds and like cheese curds you get at a bar or places in Bloomington that I've had them were like the Tap, Buffalo's, Nick's, which you mentioned. Um, they're just really good. They're definitely a Midwestern staple. Uh, I think they should be as prevalent as like mozzarella sticks. They're just better mozzarella sticks in my They're opinion. They're so much better. They're like, so I, this was good. <laughs> one of the revelations of our NFL um, experience was we we um, had curds come from Green Bay. Right. We right, ordered you know brats and curds from from the Green Bay, and I hadn't experienced like genuine, authentic, properly prepared. Now they they had to be shipped, but. It was like <laughs> mozzarella sticks are, are you know, put them in the ground compared to, to yeah. the, the elevated curd. The curd deserves so much more. So good. You get like the squeaky texture. You got the flavor of the cheese, which is different than mozzarella. Like you can do the cheddar cheese right. curd. You can do Swiss cheese like curd. Like a real tang to the I cheddar. I mean. Amazing. It's incredible. They're very, also can be very light. You're like, oh, a fried cheese curd. Like how many of those can you really eat? But <laughs> depending on how you fry them. Delicious. I couldn't think of a food less suited for Liz Kelly than Thank that. Thank you. That's what I was going for. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Um, so yeah, tech, you know, the cheese curd obviously does not belong to Indiana. But when I was thinking of Bloomington and I was like, what kind of food would I like someone who's not from here to try? Uh, that was what I came up with. Is there a restaurant in Bloomington that is like the restaurant that all outsiders coming to visit should should try during their first visit? You know, I would say that like Kilroy's, Nick's, those are the ones that most people would say kind of like they're, they're bars that are right on, on Kirkwood, which is, um, the sample gates are like these big gates at the, the sort of one side of IU's campus. You walk out of the gates and you walk onto Kirkwood, which is just like this very walkable sort of fun, uh, you know, bar restaurant shops area and sort of the, the main thing, the main attraction of, of Kirkwood are these bars that are all side by side and across from each other. And, you know, Nick's, Kilroy's, et cetera. So again, as someone who did not spend much time there, take this with a grain of salt. But uh, I would say that's kind of the Bloomington experience would be to go there, get something fried, get some fries, uh, <laughs> get some drinks, some, you know, IPAs or whatever the hell you want to drink. Um, and yeah, that's and watch a game, you know? Okay. So th- you have on your Instagram a, a <laughs> voluminous um, highlight of your your food experiences that go back, you know, hundreds of, of weeks. But there is kind of a theme, a predominant theme as you sort of roll through, as, as, as I did earlier today, you like sweet food, or at least you like taking pictures of sweet food. And I wonder if Amongst the places that we talked about, I mean, Craig started with a place that serves cookies. Um, is, is that perhaps a, a, a hallmark kind of experience in Bloomington? That is true. I would say two th- two of the things that like I did a lot as a, a you know a, an undergrad. If I was not going out, which I told you I was not much of a, a you know partier, but if I would be up late in the dorm, you want something sweet, you want to order in. 
you either would order the Munchie Madness deal from Mother Bear's Pizza, which is pizza, cheese sticks or breadsticks, soda, and then brownies for $14. My word. Delicious. Did that all the time. Um, And then the other thing was baked, which is delivery cookies. So you know, I think every college campus has like a late night cookie delivery service. Oh my God. It's, it's a necessity. They're so good. Mine did too. <laughs> Everybody has one. This is a, yet another thing. Them. Me, me and the pod father, we just missed out. Our era of college was like so, so barren compared to <laughs> all the modern innovation that that's come true. to the fore over the, these years. There was no baked cookie delivery at our warm. spot. They're still so warm and squishy when you get cookies? them. What are we talking about? I mean, I, I specifically remember there was like a s'mores one where there was like they would toast the marshmallow on top and like you'd get it and the cookie would still be warm and the marshmallow would have like, you know, be crisped and have graham cracker crumbles on top of a chocolate cookie. Remember that yes. one standing out specifically? Yes. yes. Um, They had like an apple pie one that people really liked, but I wasn't really into. Um, I mean, any kind, any kind of cookie. I just love a squishy cookie in particular. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, cookie, it has to that, be squishy. That tells you something, right? All by itself. <laughs> now, the squishy cookie culture, is that an Indiana thing? Or is that just <laughs> something that that spot, you know, knew the college kids would be into? I mean, help. Let's penetrate this a little it's bit. A correct, it's a correct thing, first of all. If, <laughs> if it, you, who wants a hard cookie? Not I. I, I like it. Hard no. cookie uh, with ice cream. The, okay. the, the competing textures. You get a That's crunch fair. to go along with your... That's okay, just like, I that's guess. practically a chips and dip, though. That, once you get to that point. I, I, <laughs> dessert and? chips and dip. <laughs> it's dessert chips and dip. I agree, yeah, Kay. I like a soft it, cookie. You got to be soft. Uh, soft, warm, yeah. uh, and baked. And yeah, baked had all sorts of crazy flavors. I'm like a red velvet. I think the red velvet one that was really oh, good. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but they would send it like in a pizza box. So you open the pizza box and instead of a pizza, it's like 12 steaming, chewy cookies of varying flavors. Incredible. Okay. Um, so I think we've established that the cheese curd is the thing that you would, you know, direct. Is that what uh, you want to nominate? New vendor. Yeah. New Am visitors. I allowed? Is if it, it, you can do whatever you want. If Indiana yeah, makes it you, to the next round. It's your we will, Bloomington, Indiana. I mean, yeah, you're, we're going to attempt here. to, we're going to attempt to, are you allowed? Acquire this food. So whatever you yeah, think. We're gonna if, oh. hmm. if we were in Bloomington and you're like, you got to go here, you got to eat this. You have one shot. What is it? And it I, could be a baked cookie, honestly. Sure. It could Should be. I That'd nominate be the baked cookies instead? Should of I follow course. my sweet tooth? It's you. It's your Bloomington experience. Because the cheese curds, the cheese curds is more of an abstract. Like there were mm-hmm. like several different places where I'd had them. But like if you're gonna try to acquire it from a specific place, feels like I should be nominating a specific place, right? Maybe I should. Well, like pivot. the definitive place. Is there a definitive curd vendor uh, among the Bloomington uh restaurant? I think I'm going to pivot. I think I'm going to pivot okay. to baked. Okay. I'm going to, fo- you nominated my sweet tooth and I'm going to follow that, <laughs> that route. And you want to, wh- which, which style s'mores? You want to go s'mores? Is I'll that go, it? The oh, s'mores cookie. From my memory baked? is failing. I'll nominate the s'mores cookie from baked. Yeah. If, as <laughs> long as that still exists. I well, mean, <laughs> I, I, so here's how I would go. And this is just, yeah, this is where my belly is leading me. Okay, great. We're, we're going to, I'm going to arrive. We're going to have our, uh, and then I'm going to the Tibetan restaurant because great. I want to try the Momo. I mm-hmm. want to try the skewers. Yeah. I want to try yeah. the dumplings. I want to do the whole thing. I want it a giant table covered with a whole variety. I want it all. I like the visually appealing. I want it to yes. look diverse. 
I'm going to eat something from all of those groups. And then when I'm done, we're going to baked. That's it. That's how you do it. Okay, good. Whew, it feels like we we, <laughs> we 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 might be on to something, Craig. I'm very into it. I'm on baked menu right now, looking at everything. <laughs> you can like pick your dough, pick your mixins, and then pick your after bakes. Oh my God. What? It's pick like your a, after bakes. It's like Chipotle for cookies. This is amazing. They're all about the custom food in Bloomington, man. <laughs> yeah. It started freshman year with that custom pasta bar. And this is why I always want my way, you know? This custom is where ramen. I learned not to, you know, compromise on anything. You don't have to settle. You've had it your way <laughs> since you were a freshman in college. Exactly. Exactly. Kate Hollowell, an amazing representation or amazing rendition of, of what Blue, Bloomington has to offer to all the hungry homies out there. Thank you so much for coming on House of Carbs. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, C-Money. We have heard from two contestants here. We have Bloomington, Indiana, up against Gainesville, Florida. Kate Hallowell walked us through all of the delicacies of Bloomington. Callie Curry gave us a beautiful overlay of Gainesville, Florida. Give me your reaction. Which way are you leaning? How is your belly leading you at this moment? First of all, I'd like to say that both cities sound delightful, and I would love to visit both of them. The sports scene in in Gainesville uh, sounds fantastic. I want to go to the swamp and experience a game in there. Like Callie said, you can't move. You can't take a step. That sounds fantastic to me. I love places like that. And then Kate really blew my socks off, honestly, about Bloomington with this sprawling international food scene, the late-night cookies, um, You know, her going to these international places with her family, the Tibetan dumplings. And all of that, you know, if, if we're narrowing this down to, to specifically food, not the not the entire ambiance of the city, in which case I would probably prefer to to go to Gainesville during during an SEC football game. It does but, seem like that's kind of a no-brainer, to be honest with you. Yes. But if we're just talking food, I think, House, I am leaning towards something in the international on this fourth street in Bloomington maybe sprinkled with a little bit of this baked cookie situation at the end. See, this is why, Craig, you and I are, are, are together on this. Somehow, 
we're having mind meld. We're having the, the our, our bellies are are co-joined in some manner. Um, well, let me get that image out of the way. Um, <laughs> I I the, my takeaway from Gainesville is I want to go there and I want to be there and I want to walk around and I want to have a drink and I want it to be football season and I want it to be a packed experience and it's going to be warm and people are going to be in shorts and I might have a couple gator nuggets as we stroll around, but really (laughs) it's just the vibe, like the overall and Callie hit this. If you're looking for the like great vibe, she said this, that people are great. The experience is great, but this is munch badness. We're looking for a succulent Cinderella story. And while everything about that Gainesville thing sounds so enticing, so appealing to me, I want to go to a place where the food is going to kind of knock my socks off. And I really feel like Kate told us about a couple different experiences. It sounds like in Indiana, in Bloomington in particular, they have an an elevated, innovative kind of approach. I mean, that that I'm going to have to do the research. I'm I'm now just food curious about this this whole international street kind of experience, how the restaurant tours came to be there. I'm sure it has something to do with the international uh, and diverse um, student body, especially in the in the graduate programs. Um, but the 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 Tibetan thing all by itself was to me kind of the most appealing, the most unique experience. Um, you wouldn't expect to find that necessarily. In Bloomington, Indiana. I mean, I'm I'm saying that because I'm I am East Coast. I'm a coastal elite, right? I mean, I I can't uh, fathom that in the Midwest they would have you know a diversity of of cuisine. Only a moron would make that observation, and yet here I am. Um, but that that going from the Tibetan experience and then into the to the baked cookies um, really feels like we're hitting a home run. I think so too. I think our first victory of Munch Madness. We didn't seed these teams because we didn't know how to make that work. Because how there would we is no seed seeding. these? We're not gonna, we can't know. seed them. It was so a, we, an equal playing field. Yes. So this is neither an upset or a favorite prevailing. But Indiana has made it into the final fork. The final fork. Welcome, Indiana. And there you have it, my hungry homies. Indiana moving on. We're going to have another handful of these episodes. College Town v. College Town trying to come up with the most succulent Cinderella story amongst them. Please tune in. Keep track of this House of Carbs feed on the Ringer Food Network because we are coming up with another couple college towns before you know it. 